0: All right, good morning, everybody. My I on? Make sure. Okay. This morning, we'll be back in Proverbs chapter 11, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. This uh, Tuesday is our harvest party. Today, after second service, we're going to do our best to get as much set up as we can before all the equipment gets here, the inflatables and everything. So if you want to come back and join us around 1230 to help us move some stuff around, this room has to get cleared out, classrooms have to get cleared out kind of for all the fun that we're going to be having on Tuesday. And while everybody's here, we try to grab you, you know. So uh, today at 1230, we'll be doing that. Uh, Harvest 40 sign-ups out there. Uh, this starts next Saturday. Uh, so if you haven't been signed up or got signed up, please do so. And that way they can, I think, Alex, are you here? You got all the books yet or no? We know where we're at with that. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, sign up today. This is kind of your last day, obviously. So, that'd be great. And I think, no, potluck. Uh, November 5th, that's the Sunday, that's next Sunday. Um, pulled pork, uh, roast chicken breasts. And, so, and uh, Mike and uh, Debbie are retiring from helping us with the potluck. They said, we're done. I'm out of here. <laughs> and I know. I said, well, well I guess we're going to starve to death or whatever. So, th- anybody wants to take up the mantle? Let me know. You got to cook for three, 200 people. And uh, so anyway, that's that's it. All right, let's pray and we'll get started. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for um, the beautiful worship we've had so far. And and we want to keep our eyes uh, on your word and our hearts and our minds focused on you now as we continue in uh, your Holy Spirit leading and guiding us into all truth. So Lord, I pray that you'd bless your word and uh, speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, this proverb is just a great, just a wonderful shotgun of Uh, wisdom. I love it. You know, and he just is rapid fire through these. There's some continuity to it, but not really. He's just like thinking of things as he's going through it saying, I think this is good. And I'm going to tell you this. So it's a little disjointed. We'll stop. You know, it'll be like a stutter. Stop on this one. Then we're going to go for four verses. Then we'll stop. And so hang on. Here we go. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. That's very simple, but do you, when you're doing business, do it right. Be honest in these things. Um, I, I I used to talk about you know the 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 story where uh, they the bartering would take place between the the dairy farmer and the and the baker. You know, and the dairy farmer would trade a pound of butter to the the, the pound of bread, and and uh, slowly but surely the, the the loaves would get smaller and smaller and smaller, and he. And the, and the question was, why, why, what's happening here? Why are these getting smaller? He goes, I don't know. I'm just weighing it against your butter. You know So it, it, it's very important, to be honest, in our business practices, especially as Christians. We can't separate those things. Um, we can't compartmentalize our faith and say, well, this is business and that's church. No, it's the same thing. We're a witness wherever we go. And people notice those things. They remember those things. I remember I try to remember that every time I'm checking myself out at Walmart. I gotta be honest here, you know. I gotta scan everything, you know. Not not one for me and and you know, one two for them. One for me, one. <laughs> they never trained me. That's all I can tell them. Is I I did. I thought I got it all. I don't know what to. No, that's not right. I think of Casey's. That's one of the big things. You never see the the weights and measurements guy pull up at Casey's. They got the big silver, the stainless steel things, and they're making sure you're getting a gallon of gas when they say you're getting a gallon of gas. And I appreciate that. Then they certify it and stamp it. We need to have that in our lives in every way, uh, honest scales in everything. Verse 2, when pride comes, then comes shame, but with uh, with the humble is wisdom. Um, it's always better to be wronged or uh, in the sense that in the moment, perhaps, to not let your temper get the better of you in the moment uh, and to calm down and say, okay, okay, well, Maybe I'm wrong on this. Let's see. And it's always better to come from that avenue and then come back and say, well, it looks like I wasn't wrong. And uh, I think you you need to say something to me. It's always better to go that route than to be on the other end of that, you know? Well, it turns out I lost my temper and and I'm sorry, you know, kind of thing. It's always better to stay in that humble position. And um, the, the writer here, I like to say the writer, the author, but it's just God. It's just the Lord trying to teach us something. This is just a better way to live. It's a more peaceful way to live. Um, you don't have to be on edge all the time. Am I, am I being taken advantage of? I I feel that rise up in me more and more. I was talking with my dad yesterday. I went up to visit him, and, and uh, he had mentioned a little bit of ageism going on now that he's in his 80s and all. And I said, yeah, my boys, the younger kids, my boys feel that, all my girls too, they get picked on because of their age, you know, by people that just, you're too young, you don't know what you're talking about. And then... My dad also, at his age, well, you're just confused, sir. You just don't know. And he goes, "No, you know, I'm I'm really not confused. My dad's sharp, um, still. And um, I hope I don't think I have his brain. So um, I wish I did. But there is that that takes place, um, and that that ageism." When he feels like that, he's like, well, I guess I guess I could be wrong. I don't know, you know. He's he's feeling it out, kind of thing, and and realizes, no, no, it was you. You didn't send me the the results of my tests like you said you were supposed to, and all that. And it's 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 just a better way to live. It's a more peaceful way. Is is the idea? So, um, pride comes, uh, and when you have that pride rise up in you, and you feel that welling up inside of you, um, to keep that down, uh, to check yourself, and um, Anyway, with the humble is wisdom. Verse 3. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Integrity is good, um, and then perversity is not, obviously, in businesses. So these kind of all go together. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. The righteousness of the blameless will direct his, his way aright, or straighten it out, or keep it correct, a correct course. But the wicked will fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but the unfaithful will be caught um, by their lust. Um, Just a warning that, um, you know, as we're talking about beginning, he began to say now uh, of Proverbs, wisdom cries out, it's very loud. Then he describes who gives us the wisdom. And then later on, right now, he's telling us wisdom is righteousness. It's It's more wise to live righteously. Whenever I teach this, or whenever it comes up in Scripture, inevitably someone, and you may be thinking the same thing, well, that's not always the case. You know The righteous don't always win, and sometimes the wicked do get away with that. And I understand that there are those moments and there are those spe- specific uh, anecdotal moments where uh, it seems like sin wins or, or wickedness wins. And that may be the case, of course, ultimately that it doesn't. God is giving us this is this is the best way to live of the options this is how you should live you may be wronged at times and you may never get that apology because you were humble and they were prideful that may happen here and there but for the most part you know without the exceptions to the rule the rule of God is to walk righteously it's a better way to live for you for your sake you know to have that peace um, to stop the ulcers from happening, always feeling like you know you're on the edge. It, it, to be a calm like that is just it's it's so much better. Um, and so that's all he's saying here is is to to live righteously is is a wonderful way. And God watches that, and He's actually going to tell us this: that there is a there's a deliverance that comes from God as He's watching that. He's watching uh, people do things the right way. You know. Um, some, some of you are in professions perhaps where not everybody's honest all the time, you know, and, and that's a hard thing for you to watch. And it's also a hard thing maybe to lose contracts or to lose business because you're being honest and other people aren't necessarily telling the truth and getting that business from you or whatever. And that's a difficult thing for you. Um, but know this, and here's the thing, God watches all that. He does, and he's seeing you do the right thing. And whatever you lost in that situation, where you were righteous, and you know the other person underbid you, or whatever—I I think we see that a lot with municipal bids and things like that for contractors and things. Their friends, or whatever, you know, um, God sees that, and He'll make that up. He makes that up in other ways. The the money doesn't—that situation may not get righted, you know, may not get corrected. But he'll bring in a blessing from another avenue, and to cover what you did righteously, and although the wicked didn't do what they should do, he covers that, and you have to trust him in that. That's that rock song that we were singing. I just said, I, I haven't been at peace lately, to be honest with you. I know Jesus, and I know He's coming, and I know things. But it's been very difficult for me to not be sullen. It's the best I could describe it. I wouldn't say depressed, but a little sullen as I see things going the way they're going. Like, I wish we'd change course. I wish things would change or whatever. I wish this wouldn't have to go down this road. I know what the word says. So it was hard for me to sing that song today at the beginning. I have joy no matter what. I do kind of, you know. And you're about to get up and teach, J.D., so you better figure this out before you get up there. you know. And by the end of the song, as we're just talking about this, he's not going to fail us. He never has. He told us to build it upon the rock so that when the wind and waves come, they're not going to knock you down. They're not going to knock you off because you've done what you were supposed to do at the beginning. In peacetime and calm time, you've built your house upon the rock. Now here comes the storm. Trust me, you know. Trust me, I, my rock's a really big foundation. Sometimes I get that idea that the, the rock, you know, is about that big, and I'm about I'm about on top of it. I'm like, I still have to balance on it. kind like, of No, no, no. My rock is like this concrete floor, and you're standing in the middle of it. That's my rock. That's the rock of Jesus Christ. The wind and the waves are going to come. But before you fall down and before this foundation gets shaken, uh, nothing can do that. Nothing can take that away, you know. So by the end of the song so thank you guys for singing that song today I really felt so much better I felt so much more confidence in what I know I'm supposed to have confidence in and that's what he's trying to reiterate here in this in this proverb you're living righteously it's the right thing to do I notice it and that's how you're making that foundation that rock that you're standing on even wider and wider okay it's the right thing to do no matter what um, so don't ever move away from that Uh, habit of walking righteously no matter what Um, because you'll be tempted there will be tempting times for all of us to compromise here compromise there you know Uh, and you're still okay it's okay you know you, you justify it in your mind but it's a slippery slope he says no just trust me that righteous idea that you have and and you being so um um immovable That's a wonderful thing, God says. And so stay there, stay there. Verse 7, when the wicked man dies, his expectation will perish, and the hope of the unjust perishes. The righteous is delivered from trouble, and it comes to the wicked instead. The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. Over and over again, he says, your actions in every situation It's going to deliver you. I know that's what it says. That wasn't great commentary on exactly what it said, but I like it when my righteous living works out so well that everybody else knows that I had a righteous walk, you know, that the whole situation, everybody got humbled who needed to be humbled. I got exalted when I need to be exalted. I like it when it works out that way, you know, but it doesn't. Um, not every time anyway, not most of the time. What God is saying is saying, I'm going to deliver you. It's going to deliver you overall. They may go to their grave thinking they pulled one over on you. They may go to their grave thinking that, but they're going to the grave, God says, with that hanging on them, and you're not. It's going to deliver you. It's the right thing to do. Stick with it. Stay with it. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't destroy your neighbor with with your mouth. But through knowledge, you know, uh, learning about the Lord, walking with the Lord, uh, gleaning from Proverbs, and taking everything we're learning this morning and applying it to your life, you know, mixing it with faith this morning, so that you believe it so much you do it, you know. It's one thing to nod and agree and say, "Yeah," you know, I'm about eighty percent there. Great, but he wants the other twenty, you know, percent is what he's hoping for today, and and we need to acknowledge that. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there is jubilation. And it's true. (laughs) Uh, When you have righteous people in charge, when you have righteous people doing what's important, I'm really thankful for our new speaker of the house. I'm kind of excited about that. Where, Where in the world did that come from? You know? That is not how I thought this was going to turn out at all. I mean, I expected something crazy like Trump to walk in and say, I'm the new speaker and say, well, I didn't see, that's crazy, you know, or, or somebody else, or we just didn't have one, and it was just lock, you know, locked in confusion, you know, during this turmoil. But then out of nowhere, this mic comes, and I'm like, wow, you know, 100% vote. Wow, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I like to see fruit from that. You know, and I I like what he's saying and I I appreciate him. And uh, that's exciting to see that take place, you know? And so I rejoiced. I was like, wow, that did not go how I thought it was going to go at all, you know? Uh, And then when the wicked perish, there's jubilation. We do do enjoy that. We do like it when things go the way they're supposed to, you know, Um, when people don't succeed who are doing wickedly. Verse 11, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, uh, but... It is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. So there is a, a very important uh, aspect to this. I think it's interesting that this Saturday we're starting our biblical citizenship class, which I cannot believe how many people think we shouldn't be having it. The emails and the texts and the messages I'm getting outside of our church. I don't know, but I don't know. I thought I thought you were walking with the Lord. Looks like you're abandoning God. What are you talking about? <laughs> Mike's, like, <laughs> Mike's like, who? who said that? Go get him. No, it's just I'm like, why would you not want to know how to um, be a good steward of what God's given us in this country? How could that be? How could that be construed any other way than just wisdom? You know, as we go through the Proverbs here, and he says, "Blessed uh, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted." Or he who is devoid of wisdom despises. Uh, wait, I missed it. Um, but a man of understanding holds his peace. Um, we're going to get overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. It's it's not Caesar anymore. It's not, it, it's not what you, it's not, it's not a totalitarian situation. It's, it's we, the people choose who's going to be leading us right now. And, and all Proverbs is saying, when you pick somebody, pick, pick a righteous person, because it's going to be a blessing if you do, you know? Yeah. Um, so, to so do that. And, and honestly, if you pick the best of the two, is is what you do. You don't just walk away from it as if there's no responsibility on our part. And so, I, as we go through Proverbs, all, all the writer here and God Himself is saying, "Look, pick pick correctly when you do these things. Pray them through, and and but pick. You know, uh, that, that's important. He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a, a man of understanding holds his peace. Um, you'll you'll never." You'll never regret holding your tongue (laughs) i don't know that i ever have um i know there's a lot of times i wish i'd held my tongue a little longer um it's amazing what 24 hours does it really is and and i don't know that's always the case and that you may not have that time Um, but if you can wait 24 hours before you respond you have a much better response it's more intelligent it's more articulate you know you can communicate it more clearly and uh, without all the emotion that was attached to that original you know, burst that you were going to have, which, which really would have caused more damage and not done what you wanted. So just waiting and, and holding your peace for a little bit. Uh, very important. Verse 13, the talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. There's a blessing to that. Love covers a multitude of sins. And, and no matter, you know, it, it isn't my job to be the town crier. If God wants to make something known, then God will make it known. He's very good at that. When he wants to make something public, he'll make it public. Um, but until he does it, I think it's fair to say that we can safely stand behind him and say that I'm not going to be the one to make it public. You know, that's not up to me. Um, if I've got a problem, I'll go one on one with somebody, but I'm not going to I don't need to announce it all the time, you know beforehand and do a, an end run you know of, a, of the responsibility of speaking to someone personally. You don't have to do that and, or shouldn't do that at all. So a talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I like the way Pastor Chuck. Um, gives a little commentary on this. Just unilateral decisions are a dangerous thing, you know. Um, it's good to bring in other people and talk to them about these situations and and all. It, it doesn't mean that the council is always right, you know. But it is important to check everybody and and maybe sure you know make sure that you're not off base or whatever. Um, there are situations where you do have to make a unilateral decision because it rests on your shoulders. The responsibility does. I run into that a lot. Um, there's a lot of times where it's like, I think we should do this and that. I know you do, but that means I've got to do this. You're, you're placing me another burden, another thing on my shoulders because I can't let that just be done without oversight, you know, kind of thing. Um, that's the responsibility of the shepherd. And so um, there are times when you ask and you see, and if someone wants to do it, that's great. You're going to oversee that, you know? Um, uh, well, no, I don't have time. I thought you would. Well, i, I, I you know, I don't have time either kind of thing. So you got to be careful about those things. But to bring in counselors is very important on these big decisions so that um, you're emotionally not, uh, well, you're not responding emotionally. You need to talk to someone who's outside of the situation to help. Um, Very important. Um, So verse 15, he who is surety for a stranger will suffer. But one who hates being surety is secure. Surety is just taking on the responsibility of others. is similar to what I was just talking about. But it can also mean financial things, which is what it's more pointed at. Um, being a co-signer on a loan is probably our best example of something like that. Um, there are some people, like your kids or something like that, where you, they just need a hand up. There's nothing wrong. And I'm, if they didn't pay, fine. You know, I, 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 can, I can absorb that or whatever. But when you get into the habit of always wanting to help everybody all the time, you find yourself in a, in a worrisome situation every night. Boy, I hope they make their payment, because if everybody decides that I'm helping to not pay, I'm in trouble, you know, kind of thing. Um, so taking on those responsibilities of others does add stress to your life and does add responsibility and can ruin you if you're not careful. So be careful about that. Um, verse 16, a gracious woman retains honor, but ruthless men retain riches. The merciful man does good for his own soul. But he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. The wicked man does deceptive work. But he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. As righteousness leads to life, so he who pursues evil or, or pursues evil pursues it to his own death. Um, and so he, he takes us through. There's a. There's a. There's a blessing attached to being gracious. It's, a, it's an honoring attribute. It's a, it's a crown on your head. Woman or man, being a gracious person is what God's looking for. Um, he wants us to be, uh, well, slow to speak, but he also wants us to, um, a gentle, quiet spirit is precious. And, and that's in any person. Uh, a gentle, quiet spirit is a blessing uh, to everybody around them and to God. He appreciates that. And so that graciousness. That um, retains that honor. It helps that person keep their head up. When you're gracious, usually you get more grace from others. Um, that's usually how it works. A ruthless person though, uh, they retain riches. It's interesting that that's the punishment. <laughs> they become stingy. They become self-focused, you know, kind of thing. They have a hard time releasing the blessings of God from their life to others. Um, and that's just a, that's a person who's ruthless. It's me and only me. And you know, that's how the world works. Um, as a Christian who steps into a business world or a business situation like that, it's it's you can see it. The comparison's very real. I mean, very stark. It's a stark contrast, um, and you can see that taking place in your life. It's where you see the ruthless just keep getting more and more and more, but the uh, but those who are trying to walk uprightly don't. And it's a tough thing. You can spot it though it's it's like it's a uh, um, a bellwether I don't know what the right word is here for it's a symptom where someone just keeps retaining when they keep gathering and retaining gathering and retaining gathering they're takers you know um and there's not a flow in their life kind of thing. I pay attention to that they can be the nicest person in the world you know as far as pleasant conversation and things like that and and they and they're and they're uh they have good manners, you know all that's fine. What you look for and how God exposes hearts is by watching actions. you know uh, when you see the the taking and the no giving there's a there's an issue there. There's something wrong. There's a flow problem there. There's a heart issue that maybe isn't showing up in polite conversation. Um, and so he's saying this when when you see this, a ruthless person may not display themselves as ruthless but you can tell by the way they retain, they hold everything. They don't give back to the wife. They don't give back to the husband. Maybe they don't give back to the kids. They don't give, they don't give back. You know, it's just, it doesn't cross their mind. Um, or if they do, it's for show and that's it. You know, it's to be known or to help them with their uh, appearance to others so that they can gain more. You know, um, it's a, it's an interesting thing. To watch human behavior and then merciful man does good for his own soul it it blesses you to be a merciful person when you can let things go and i don't mean just let things go to where you don't punish somebody but where you can be merciful to them and understand and 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 not try to seek or hope uh despair upon someone else's life but you truly have mercy that goes beyond just taking it you know um that's just good for your heart um that bitterness that can build in your life uh it's just eating you up from inside. It just is. And uh, the more you hold it in and keep it to yourself, it, 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 it just, it's just eating your heart. And it comes out in other ways then at, at times. And we'll get to that in other Proverbs. He'll talk about that. Um, he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. Um, they do. Uh, my uh, my life before Christ was cruel, self-serving, um, empty, empty. Um, and 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 you wanted to uh, satisfy immediate immediate gratification for whatever it was. You know, I just want, I want for me, and it caused so much harm uh, to people around, um, and and that ended up then hurting me in the long run because the ultimate goal is for everybody to kind of like you. Well, if you're known for that kind of behavior, nobody likes you, and so you begin to hurt yourself. Um, I mean, Ebenezer Scrooge is the classic example. You know, if you if you watch. If you watch a Christmas uh, Carol, um, what a what a great example of someone who who embodied the wrong side of Chapter Eleven. You know. Um, anyway, that's that's what the Lord's getting at. Let, be a flow. Let, let God bless and flow out of you in all in all areas, not just financial, but in 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 time and in in joy, um, in conversation, all these things. Let that go. You know, um, to other people. Uh, verse uh, twenty one. Um, no, let's do 20, sorry. Those who are of a perverse heart are an abomination to the Lord, but the blameless in their ways are his delight. Well, I take note of those things. When God says, I delight in this, hmm, he likes blamelessness. <laughs> in fact, that's one of the qualifications for an elder is you need to be blameless. You know, um, People can accuse, but it needs to be a lie is the idea. So be living a blameless life. Um, is very important verse twenty one though they join forces, the wicked will not go unpunished, but the- po- but the posterity of the righteous will be delivered, the next generation sees that you know um, which is what this is actually what we talked about at the very beginning of this chapter was not every situation gets righted today or even in this lifetime. He's just saying they may go all the way to their deathbed getting away with it, but they didn't because on their deathbed when they die, there's punishment waiting for that. You know, Whereas you, on the other hand, although it was never righted or corrected during your life, your kids saw that. They saw your behavior and you're going to raise better kids. You know? You're going to raise better people around you who are watching your life. You know, we sang that song and, and prayed about that people all around us right now in this world are looking at the Christians to see how they're responding to what's happening and to things. Are are they panicking? Are they running for their lives? Are they scared like I am? And and when they don't see that in you, they want to know why, you know, that's that's how you share Christ with people. Why, is, why are you so stable? So I'm, it's not me. I'm standing on a really large rock, you know. Um, That's the reason. And you can get on this rock too. Um, Join me. So people are watching. Verse 22, as a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. Um, There's nothing wrong with being lovely and nice, (laughs) you know, and a good person. Um, But uh, he's just saying it doesn't matter how pretty you are. If you don't have discretion, you look like a pig with a gold ring. That's all it is. The gold ring is your beauty. It's your appearance. But your heart is the most part of you. You know, it's the swine part. And so he's warning us that uh, if you're looking for a wife, don't be looking at the gold ring. You know, uh, is she a swine or not? That's not a really great thing to teach on Sunday morning, is it? Well, You don't want to marry a swine is the idea. And nor do you want to be one. And guys, it's the same for you too. I mean, it doesn't say men, but we can—we got our own gold rings, you know. We've got our own swinishness, uh, boorishness, you know. Um, it's the position of the heart. Um, there's something beautiful about that. I—I—I I, I, I give some of my girls a hard time, not—not not pointing any fingers, um, but if there's a reflection in our house, they're looking at it. Of things, there's just times, and I don't know what it is. Even when we walk up to the fireplace or whatever, there's that glass thing in front, and you can see him, you know, doing that. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, what? What is it? Well, just making sure, you know, everything's. And and I'm glad that they care about their appearance. I mean, for their husband's future husband's sake, I'm glad that they care about their appearance. Um, but it's the heart is what draws people together. It's that heart. Um, it's, the, it's the appearance that'll draw someone together at a bar. Because that's all you see. You can't hear. You don't have any conversation. You have no idea where they stand. But they're the prettiest one in that grouping over there. You know, kind of thing. And so that's a bad way to start a relationship, by the way. Not that it's in a bar, but that you're going for looks only. You know, um, it's this other. that's far more important. And so work on the heart and, and make sure it's close to Christ. Um, and you'll become like Christ, and you'll be very attractive. Then is the idea. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. Um, that's a that's, you know, my hope is in Christ. I know that He's coming for me. I know that we may go through tough times, but He's going to carry me through. Um, I'm not worried about any kind of tribulation that God brings into my life, because there are many tribulations we go through. Um, the word tells us that, um, but I'm only looking for the good and I'm only, I'm expecting, you know, God to come through. I I know he won't fail like we sang today. Uh, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. They have that. And sometimes you see someone who knows that wrath is waiting for them and you think the, the, well, the correct response would be to repent to turn from whatever it is that they're doing that's incurring that wrath, and to change course, but they don't. It's like they get a little more fervent. Satan does that in the in the Book of Revelation when when he's cast down and he's and and he knows his time is short. He gets more angry. He gets more active. I mean, that's why it gets so bad is because he knows he doesn't have much longer before it's over for him. You know, um, and that, that, that's the expectation of the wicked. Uh, 24 through 26, there is one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. The people will curse him who withholds grain, uh, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. I underlined that. I think that's important. I think there's time to scatter and just be a blessing without any expectation of return. Uh, on investment or whatever. But he does conclude in verse 26, um, you know, I I automatically think of Joseph in this situation. I don't know if you did too, but when he became number two in Egypt for his family and for the, for the world, actually, I mean, he really saved Egypt's rear end um, by coming in and and taking over the, the, the preparation for the famine that was coming Um, and he stored up grain and all that. And, and, uh, but when it was the famine came he didn't just open the, the floodgates and say, take as much as you want. He charged for it, you know. Um, he still held, he, st- he made sure everybody could get food, but he also made sure he was a good servant to his number one, who's still Pharaoh. You know, I, th- I just take note of that. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I don't think you take advantage. I don't think you price gouge. I'm sure he didn't. Um, it may look like that at times, but that was the going rate for the grain or whatever. But he, he made sure every, he didn't withhold and say, well, we just don't know how long this famine's going to be. And we don't know how much Pharaoh's household's going to need. So you're just going to have to starve to death and die. No, he took care of the people. And there was gratitude on that, you know. So that's a this is a wonderful three verses to live by, um, to apply to your life. Verse 27. He who earnestly seeks good and finds favor. um but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. Um, there is a blessing to being um, generous, a generous person in every way. Generous with your feelings and with your, with your words and with your heart, and generous financially as well, and generous with, in every way. There is a blessing. Um, There is enough competition in this world and there is enough people worrying about themselves that it's such a bright light and a refreshing thing to come across someone who isn't that way. Um, And the world needs that. And you do more. It's funny. You do more good with the willingness than you actually did with the amount that you gave. What I mean by that is you've changed that. Per- it may have only been $10 or $5 or just a small amount that you were able to do. But the idea that there was another human being willing to share what they didn't have with me, you know what I mean? Like, I know you could have kept that 10 bucks and bought yourself a sandwich or taken care of your, but you didn't. You shared it with me. That interaction did so much more spiritually than the 10 bucks, than the sandwich, than the immediate need being met, you know? Um just so much of that needs to go on. It doesn't have to be gigantic, huge uh, uh, endowments and things like that. It, it can be very simple, small gestures of constant generosity in your life um, that just enriches other people and lifts them up. And then it spreads, you know. I, I, they only had 10 and they gave me five. What a, what a blessing. I've, I've got five. I can give two. You know, it, it just works like that. It's a wonderful thing. Um, and God sees that and he watches that he who troubles his own house will inherit the wind and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to, to trouble your own house. Why would you bring that hurt? You know, um, a wise woman builds her house, doesn't tear it down with her hands. Uh, and a wise man builds his house and doesn't tear it down with his hands. You know, um, there is this tendency it's a carnal thing. It's not a spiritual thing at all. It's just the flesh uh, where there needs to be this in the household, someone on someone on top, someone who is better than. And I'm not talking about authority structure, and I'm not talking about responsibilities. I'm saying everybody just needs to appreciate me more than anybody else in this house kind of thing. Um, and that tears down the house. It really does. It does so much harm. Um, and then when you tear that down, you're having to then supplement what that person should be building because they don't feel like they can build because you keep tearing down everything they build. They, don't, they stop building. And then the person tearing down then has the responsibility of doing that building too, whereas if everybody's encouraging one another, then it just builds. You know, uh, Everybody's building, and it goes so much better. Uh, you just trouble your own house. Um, when you, or when you trouble your own house, you inherit the wind. It's just a, it's a foolish thing. And you'll become the servant of the wise of heart. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know I say this all the time, but I can't help but just always think of the new employee who, who, after they've been there three months, already knows why this company needs to do better and how it can do better, you know. And uh, they, they may have some ideas, I suppose. There's that, uh, there's that off chance that they're right. More than likely, if they'd been there five years, they'd realize, oh, that w- I'm glad we never implemented my first ideas. That would have really driven us into the ground. You know. There's a way we do things and why we do things. And a foolish person begins to tear down their boss or tear down that structure that actually built the company. You know, I, just, I always think that's funny that if, you, if, if you've got a better way, why aren't you doing it? Go out and do it. Go compete with this person. If there's a better way and they're too stupid to figure out how smart you are, go do it. You know, smoke them, blow them away, blow their business out of the water with your new awesome ideas. Well, no. Okay then, you know. Um, anyway, verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Oh, tell me about it. That's, I I am, the church is is the front line to the battle. It is the front line it is the most important thing going on in the world right now. Far more important than military, far more important than politics. The winning of souls is the most important thing that we can do to wage war against evil. Obviously. I mean, it's, it should go without saying, but here we are having to say it winning souls changes. Not only in it, it not only neutralizes an enemy on the other side, it actually adds to your numbers on this side. And all of a sudden, the good begins to out, you know outsize the evil. What's going on? If I can win a soul in my family, Thanksgivings and Christmases just got a whole lot easier, didn't they? You know, As opposed to coming into Thanksgivings and Christmases like this, if I can win a soul, I don't have to fight all the time. We might be able to actually give thanks together and enjoy our time. I don't have that problem. I'm just saying, it is to our advantage to lead people to Jesus Christ and theirs. And it's what God's called us to do and all those things. But if we only had selfish motives, it's to our advantage to win souls. It's to our advantage in our communities to tell people about Jesus and to have them come to know Christ, to be saved from their sins. We not only have stopped some sin in our in our country, in our city or wherever we live. Uh, But we've also then gained someone as well. It's just it's 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 twice the benefit, Um, and that's not why we do it. We want people to be saved from their from their sins and to have a better life and to have peace. Um, But it's to our advantage to win souls. Um, It's just it's a tree of life. Verse thirty one: If the righteous will be recompensed on earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner? and so that 's how he concludes this chapter is if the righteous are are if that 's a better way to live and, and we can see that happening for the most part, not all the time, but for the most part, you can see the evil people and wicked people not doing and not having their best life ever um, and we can see the righteous people getting that recompense here on earth they have peace, they have peace with vegetables. I think the proverbs tells us we'll get to that peace with vegetables rather than turmoil and strife with meat, you know, and I, it's a terrible paraphrase, but we're close. Um, you know, there just is. So are you having vegetables? Does it feel like that? You know, does it feel like your life's just a vegetable? You know, when's the meat coming? When's the bounty? When's the whatever? Um, the peace that you have with those vegetables is far more important. If that's the trade-off, if the trade-off is to have meat and be cruel, to have meat and be wicked, to have meat and take advantage, it's far better to have the vegetables. You'll wish you'd never left that salad, is the idea. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Um, some joy, some promise, some hope, some just wonderful uh, commands as to how to live and, and how this world works in your economy. How it's supposed to be in And where the blessings lie and where the curses lie, you've laid it out for us, what you like and what you don't like, what you're looking for, what's pleasing to you. And so, God, we want to mix your word this morning with faith in our lives. We don't want to hear and nod and agree that that is the right way. We want it to be the right way for us. We want to begin to walk that way even more. And this week, as we may get challenged in these areas or be even tempted to compromise, Lord, Help us to hold strong and to remember. I pray your Holy Spirit would bring these words to our memory as we come to that crossroads or that decision that we may have to make this week, that we make the right one to walk with you, regardless of how it may harm our bottom line or harm uh, in any way. We do the righteous thing, God, because we want to please you first and foremost. And we look for an eternity with you, not a a temporary boost, God which is all wickedness has to offer. It's just temporary. So God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the promise of your word, that it always accomplishes what it was set out to do, that it's able to get in between the soul and the spirit and the joint and the morrow and do what you want it to do. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer before you go, please come up. Be glad to pray with you. Otherwise, have a great week.